Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today I have the amazing redhead lady. <laughs> <laughs> redhead lady. Vanessa well, Bournes. Oh, Vanessa Bournes Consulting. Thanks for coming to the podcast today. Oh, you're more than welcome. I'm really excited to be here. I remember seeing on LinkedIn and there was a post you made about grants and, and grind writers not getting paid. Like getting paid, not just after the grant has been given. And I was like, hmm... Let's. I didn't even know there was a, like a grant writers association and stuff. Right. So yeah, I think yeah. let's start with that. How did you get into grant writing, and why should we pay a grant writer before we even get the grant? <laughs> uh, basically, I got into this really because of the pandemic. I was working in the social impact sector for well over twenty years, fundraising, doing some grant writing, all that kind of stuff, and then the pandemic hit and. Well, we all know how that went. I uh, <laughs> lost my job and thought, okay, you know, it's the kids are older. It's time to sort of see what else is out there. Mm-hmm. And I enrolled in the SEED self-employment benefit course and started my own business. And I didn't start my business as a grant writing business. I started my business more as a fundraising consulting business. But uh... people kept asking me, oh, do you write grants? Do you know about grants? How do I write a grant? I went... Hmm, I'm sensing a little niche market here. Right. So I decided, okay, I've written grants, you know, throughout my career. I've asked for a lot of money throughout my career. I think, okay, let me check into this a bit further. Mm. So I went online, did some research, and yes, there were other people doing this as a business, so it must be viable. Mm-hmm. And then I found, um, like, the Grant Professionals Association, a mm. whole association for grant professionals. And I thought, okay, this is, this is actually a profession. Mm. And so I... Dove into that side of things. I did some of my own professional development just to, you know, in, you know, increase my own skill level. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started, you know, talking to other grant professionals and started getting to know how I could, you know, structure my own business around being a grant writer. And people started coming to me for grants. Mm. And I liked what you said about why you should pay your grant writer uh, before you get the grant. Because I'm going to look at the camera right now and say, <laughs> did you know that as a grant professional, we do not get paid on a commission basis? Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a shock for some people. Yeah. Because some people think, oh, we're just going to write the grant. Mm. And then, you know, once we, you know, get awarded the grant, um, we'll pay you a percentage. Mm. Eh, wrong. We are doing work for you. It's no different um, if you go to the doctor, let's say, and or the dentist. The dentist, you have a toothache. The, you go to the dentist. The dentist pulls your tooth. You still have some dental pain. You still got to pay for the dentist. Mm. The dentist did the work. It's no different than a grant professional. I mean, you're coming to us to do a professional service, writing a grant application for you, researching grant applications for you, mm. educating on grants. We are doing work before you get awarded the grant, so we get paid for our efforts. Mm. But there are some people that do, you know, do commission-based work. However, as a member of the Grant Professionals Association, we work with ethical standards. Mm. And we actually have a code of ethics which, which says that we cannot work on a commission basis. And frankly, I wouldn't want to take 10 or 20% of your grant funding because that can really be a lot of money out of a grant that you need to run your own programs and services within your organization. Mm. So, you know, in terms of how grant writers get paid, a lot of us, some of us work on an hourly basis. In my business, I tend to do project-based work. Mm. 
Mm. Um, I've got certain packages available depending on the client. I do do some hourly work depending on who the client is. But I run my business a little bit differently. I really am more in the social justice, social enterprise space. And because the clients that pay me, I give back to the community. So I do a lot of educating. I do a lot of work with, um, you know, Black and African Nova Scotian, Indigenous um, nonprofits, social impact organizations, but as well as for-profit businesses, mm. um, giving up my time. And I believe that education is power. And mm -hmm. so people, not everybody can afford to hire a grant professional. I understand that. So I give back in that way. And I think when people are educated on something in terms of how to write a grant, it's power, you know, mm. and, I, and, and the biggest thing for me really is people need to be applying. There's a lot of money out there, um, but there are barriers when it comes to, to getting grants. What are some other barriers? Well, a lot of things, for example, <laughs> I'm actually working on an application right now with a few, uh, a few clients. I'm not going to say what it is. I don't want to call anybody out on the podcast or on the camera, but basically there's a lot of steps. So you have a first stage, you have a second stage, you, you have a third stage. You can't even see the third stage of the application until you do stage one and stage two. So you can't even see the questions. You don't even know what they're going to be asking you. So from, a, from that perspective, it's a barrier because you're, you, know, you, may not even, you may get through stage one, stage two, get to stage three and realize, no. oh, I don't have what they're what asking they for, yeah. right? So, I mean, they can give you all the information on the project, but they're putting through all these steps. Mm. Um, the other thing, too, is, you know, a lot of you need to provide like audited financial statements for a lot of group, small grassroots organizations don't have audited financial statements. Mm. So some of the things that, you know, are being asked for for organizations, you know, to provide in terms of um, support work for a grant, they just don't mm -hmm. have it in their organization. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what's happening is there are so many groups out there that really need the money. Mm to run their programs, but they just don't seem to be qualifying for all this money that's out there. Mm -hmm. So I actually belong to um, an organization that's based out of the States. It's called More Than Grant Writers. We are more than grant writers. You know, as a grant professional, we have the power to change how, how grants are written, how, you know, how funders are, you know, asking people to, to apply for funding. Mm. So there's a whole movement around making the, the grant space more equitable. Um, you know, the, there's all this talk about, oh, there's all this money for, you know, Black-led businesses, Indigenous businesses. But when you really break it down, there's not a lot of money, um, mm. you know, being put towards these, these organizations. I mean, it's slowly changing. But I think I read a stat that, uh, you know, Black-serving um, black uh, Black-led organizations maybe get a very, very small percentage of philanthropic dollars. That's that's not acceptable. Mm. You know, uh, everyone's doing great work. So we're trying to change that. But we're also trying to change the way that, um, you know, people that are awarding grants, their, their parameters. For example, I'm going to say it in the camera because <laughs> people know it. Core funding. Let's talk oh, core. Right? So right. you get it, right? You get yeah. it, right? Yeah, core yeah, yeah. funding. When I say core funding, that means salaries, mm -hmm. space, furniture. Mm. But when you look at a lot of grant applications, we want you to do this really great project, but we're not going to cover the salaries. <laughs> Yo, like, 
okay. Mm. We can't run a program yeah. without the staff, right? right, right. right? So yeah. it's a real. A lot of organizations need that core funding. They need to have the lights on. They need to have a building to run their program. Mm. So, but still, a lot. You'll notice a lot of applications will say, you know, we don't cover salaries. This can't go towards your regular operating costs. I mean, it's Why? so right. It's <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah. The narrative has to change, mm. um, and so that's a whole that's a whole movement, you know, in itself. Let's let's you know go back a little bit. What exactly is a grant? Like, what is a grant? Good question. Grant is not to pay debt in a business. First mm. of all, I get a lot of people coming to me saying, "Oh, I've got some debt in my business. I have to apply for a grant." Eh, no, what a grant is, it's a way to move your organization forward. It's a way to you know, um, fund new new initiatives, new programs. A grant is a non-repayable um, award that is given to you, your organization. Mm. So when you apply for a grant, an organization or a funder will give you money. It's You don't have to pay it back. So it's great if you can get it. Mm -hmm. um, a grant usually comes with stipulations. It's usually, as we just talked about, is usually attached to some kind of a project. Mm. So the biggest thing is when, you know, when you're looking at grant money is, is it's usually it's tied to something. So you're getting a grant to do something. Mm. So you have to be able to deliver on what you say you're going to deliver. One thing, you know, again, not calling out anyone. We're not going to call anybody out. <laughs> We're not calling anybody out. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, so it's like they have all these stipulations, but, you know, just from the grapevine, whatever, um, that's like, this is the deadline, all these things have to come in. I, I've heard, you know, of situations where people actually miss that deadline, but it's still fine. Like how, you know, when you're starting out, it's like, oh shit, I need to make this. But then you see someone has done this like five, six times and like, oh, you know, it's fine. You know, how do you navigate that knowing, okay, well, there are rules and then there are people that eh, kind of skits around the rules. <laughs> do you mean like they don't get it in by the deadline? Uh. <laughs> do you see my face? Do you, see you can't miss a deadline. Mm. Who's putting it on for the deadline? I want to know these people. <laughs> they can't be putting... There's deadlines for a reason. Mm. That's favoritism, mm -hmm. which, <laughs> which I don't think is a, no. That's not acceptable. Mm. You know why? Because it's not, it's not a level playing field. Yeah, then, yeah. Right. So again, it goes back to the ethics of the grant business. Mm. I mean, you have, and listen, this is another problem. Mm -hmm. And you just sort, you kind of brought this up in terms of, um, you know, favoritism when you have organizations, I'm not going to call anybody out, mm -hmm. when you have organizations that, you know, are, are managing a grant, but they have their favorites that they mm -hmm. like to support. And you'll see the same organization Getting the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the same year after year, mm. which, you know, in some cases, that's what a funder decides to do. But when you're looking at a grant... And I'm not, because this is, this is like, I'm dealing with this now. When you're looking at a grant, that's especially that's federal money, mm. that's public money. That's public knowledge money. Um, so you can't like, you can't 
keep it. You can't, you know, as an intermediary or someone who's who's responsible for for putting this money out in the community, mm. you have to be transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, who are you funding? Because we will find out. Mm. You know, but who are you funding? How much are you able to? What is your pot of money that you're able to give to the community, mm. and how much are you actually awarding to each organization? Mm. But what you're finding is again, it's the same organizations all the time. So organizations can't seem to break in to get this money. Mm. This is a problem. Mm. That's what you call that favoritism. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm of the mindset now because I'm doing a lot of work with with you know different groups. I'm saying everybody apply. That way we can say okay, you know, the, all these new organizations applied. But the same people are still getting the funding, mm. right? I, you know, one thing sometimes I I, I hear <laughs> is like, um, oh wait, you know, um, this kind of people the most likely will get it. So it's like, you know, if you are saying number eight, you just might not get it, even though your application was like the best of the best. But you know, these six seven people, we kind of know them, and they, we know the work they've been doing, and. Like, you're new, so you're, like, way down there. There's a fine line, because I always believe in the power of relationships, too, mm-hmm. right? So if you have a good relationship with someone, and you built that relationship, you're in the back of their mind. Mm. So chances are, yes, you probably will have a better chance of, of having the grant awarded. But that's not to say that people, you know, can't build those relationships. The problem is when people try to build those relationships, but they're not given the opportunity to build those relationships. Oh no, we have a, we, we're, you know, we, we're only going to talk to these people. We don't want to talk to you. Mm. So where it is, a, it's a very, very fine line. What, what about outreach? Like, you know, with these grant organizations, like what are outreach would you think they need to do uh, for other organizations that have, are new or just you know mm-hmm. starting out what kind of outreach do you think would help this some of these people you work with well what i tell people is when you look at a grant application if they have someone's name if they have a phone number an email reach out introduce yourself introduce your organization it's there for unless they specifically say we don't want to hear from you, right? <laughs> Most, I don't think anyone would say but, that. But you know, some, some, some grants oh, do. do. Oh, yeah, some grants do. Oh, wow. Some grants will say, we don't want to hear from you. But most times, especially if it's a provincial or, or some kind of federal or a bigger organization who's giving money, mm. they will often have a contact information. You know, if you have any questions, reach out. Reach out. Don't be shy. They're, they're providing that information there for a reason. So mm. even calling, introducing yourself, introducing your organization, you know, get, getting them to know who you are. The other thing I told people too was follow them on social media. Mm. Start talking, you know, start seeing what they're posting. Engage, yes, you know, yes. start, start, you know, responding to their posts so they can say, oh, I, oh, look, so-and-so organizations replied to our posts a couple of times and sort of, mm. you know, get their wheels turning. It's like anything, right? I mean, you've got you've to be able to build a relationship. But now sometimes with grants, you can't. There are grants out there that you will never talk to anybody. And I'm not going to call anybody out, mm-hmm. but there is you know, one grant. It's a national grant. I'll say it. it's the Canada Post Foundation. Sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> it's a national grant. Anybody who's in this business, fundraising grants, they will all tell you that is the worst grant possible. Why? What Be- makes it the worst? Because when you actually break it down, it comes around every year. They have very, you know, they support like youth programs. So everybody's applying. You think... 
they don't tell you how much, you know, they're giving away or anything like that. They do list who they have awarded grants in the past and how much. But, I mean, it, you, you apply, you, you check the boxes, you don't get it. And mm. then when you actually kind of go into their financials and you kind of see how much they're actually giving away, for example, in Nova Scotia, I actually did an analysis because I'm like, well, geez, we applied for this grant like three or four times, we never got it, we, we check all the boxes. Basically, in the province of Nova Scotia, the most they will fund is maybe three projects worth about $50,000. Each? No. Total. Total. <laughs> That's what I mean. So I tell people, don't bother. Like, yeah, really, I always tell it people. It doesn't make sense no. at all. What? 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 So start. What, is I, in these annually? Yeah. Every, when you sort of break down what, they, what they've been funding the last few years. Now, it really depends on how much money they have to fund. But I mean. But still, man. It's not wow. a lot. Wow. It's not a lot. And in fact, when you look at Nash, if you look at any kind of national grant, mm. uh, I mean, obviously, um, you know, the bigger provinces get the, the largest share of the money. Mm. But, you know, things, I think things have to start changing a little bit. Mm. Um, like the Community uh, Services Recovery Fund, they had $400 million. Mm. I think the most we got here in Nova, in, was like two million bucks. Hmm. Everybody, everybody, again, everybody applied. But when you look at the list, mm. there's a couple of new ones, but it's the same, same. organizations, right? right, right? right. So it, I'm really all about, I love working with organizations that are interested in grants, that want to apply for grants, that have never applied for grants before. Mm. And I tell them, look, you may not be successful, but that's okay. You're starting the process. You're getting your name out there. Um, because if people, if the same people keep applying, the same people are going to get, not that they're bad organizations. Like I don't want that to be kind of what I'm, I'm saying here. Mm. It's just that there's so many organizations that do really great work that aren't being recognized for the work they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of these organizations are looking for that core funding. And so we have the narrative, the, the narrative has to start changing. But I tell people when it comes to core funding, <laughs> cre- this is what creative writing. I oh, because how well well <laughs> i mean i used to work at a youth serving organization mm. we had a lot of programs can't do it without our staff no right can't no. do it without the building so i would when i wrote the grant i basically would have the premise like if we don't have this these staff it's not gonna work. right but i think um you know when it comes to and this is the other thing sometimes there's you know, your program costs and there's your operational costs. Mm-hmm. Your staff kind of go between the two. Mm. Your staff, some your staff are in your operation budget, but they're also part of your project budget. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you separate that? Mm. Right? Food for thought. Mm-hmm. So I, I always tell people you have to you you have to pay people to run the programs. And I've always, I've always sort of creatively put it in there because it's not really if you want to say okay it's not really your day-to-day operational it's project-based mm. but they do cross into operational so it's a really fuzzy line the whole thing is fuzzy mm. uh, it's got to stop we really start having to, have to we have to start paying for lights <laughs> uh, i mean nonprofits and you know or social impact organizations do not need to be working in sub conditions um, there's a whole movement about this. It's a whole other conversation. Mm. If you get a chance, there's a movie called Uncharitable. Oh, okay. Dan Pallotta. I'm just going to say two, two seconds. 
uh, he did a talk, a uh, TED talk, all about charities and how, for some reason, when someone works in a charitable organization, they mm -hmm. have to be like substandard, they can't pay their staff. But if you have the same for-profit organizations, oh, there's C, like, you wouldn't blink an eye of the CEO of such and such getting this much, but if a social impact organization is paying their staff, oh, that's wrong. Mm. Why is it wrong? Mm. We're all professionals, right? We're professionals. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is a real issue. So that kind of goes back to why do you pay grant writers? Because we're professionals. Mm. You know, we don't, we, we, we are doing a service. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot, the more I kind of get into this whole grant space, there's, there's a lot of inequity in this industry. Yeah. A lot of inequity. Yeah. And in sometimes like staying you right in the face. Okay. So let's talk about something, I guess, not so charged up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I reach out to Vanessa. I'm like, Hey, you know, I, there's this grant I want to apply for. Wait, do you only work with organizations or do you work with individuals too? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's organizations. So social impact organizations, uh, and also I work with, uh, with for-profit organizations okay. as well. Okay. So, mm -hmm. you know, so this organization reaches out like, oh, you know, we, we have this grant and we'd love to work with you. What happens from then? Basically, I want to get to know you. So we, before we even think about working together, I need to know that you're grant ready. Uh, do you know what that means? Yeah, exactly. What's that? There you go. So a lot of organizations want to apply for grants, but they're not really what we call grant ready. It doesn't mean your organization's not a good organization. It, may, it might mean, um, you know, are you registered as a nonprofit with joint stocks? Do you have a charitable registration number? Um, do you have a budget? Do you have, um, do you have a board of directors? You know, do you have all these things in place? I call it like the, the sort of, um, the basis, the base of what you need to apply for a grant. Because what happens is you'll notice in grant applications, they'll ask you who's on your board. Mm. Um, what's your what's your business registration number? Um, you know, all these things. If you don't have those basic things, mm -hmm. then you really have to get those in place before you even start applying mm. for some of these grants. Again, that can be considered a barrier. Maybe, they don't, you know, but most, most grants are either for registered charities to apply for or registered charities and nonprofits or then you get the whole other side, you know, for-profit grant. So first question, first thing we do is we kind of go through, okay, what, do, what, who are you as an organization? What work do you do? And frankly, why do you think you need a grant? <laughs> I need the money right? to do the thing. Right, okay, so yeah. that's where, that's where it kind of comes out like, oh, I've got some debt. Well, maybe the grant isn't right for you. Right, 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 right. But most people say, oh, we, we want to do this project mm -hmm. or um, I, I hear, again, back to that core funding. I hear that all the time. And I wish there was a magic button I could push that says, yep, definitely. But you know what? A lot of people want to do projects and, and do something good for the community. Okay, great. Mm. So we kind of review that. And then we also will also review the grant. If you come to me with a grant, I'll say, okay, let's have a look at this grant and see if you're actually a fit. If you're not a fit for this grant, I'm not going to write. I'm not going to, I won't take on the work because mm. it's not fair. Mm. Right? So basically I want to... Um, Kind of go through the application, make sure that you, you fit, that everything that the questions are asking you for, you're able to answer honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you're not making things up. Mm -hmm. That's what I always say. You cannot fit a circle into a square, people. Okay? You cannot make up answers because you have to do a final report at the end of the grant. Right. right? So please do not make up answers. <laughs> be able to deliver what you say you're going to deliver. Mm -hmm. So we kind of walk through that process. And then... 
um, you know, if, if I feel that they're, that they're ready and they want to apply, then we kind of get into talking about the nitty gritty of the, of the business stuff and, and how our, our working relationship would look. But then I also work with groups that have never even may come to me and say, okay, we want to apply for grants, have no idea where to start. Mm. Then I have different, that's where I kind of have different packages or what kind of, we'll go through, we'll start with assessments. I'll run through all the materials. We'll do some research. We'll see what funders are out there. That's sort of a more, um, uh, a longer kind of a process. What is the difference between nonprofit, charity, and I guess foundation? Yeah, so you've got your registered charities, which you'll see they usually have a CRA number. That's the CRA um, registered charitable number. That means that when you give them a donation, they can give you what's called an official tax receipt. You've probably seen it. You've probably given an organization a donation and then when it's, it's tax time they'll send you an official tax receipt you can put that on your own tax return and bring down your what the taxes that you owe mm-hmm. uh non-profit like society register they can't do that so that that in my mind is the biggest difference between the two mm. um a foundation is actually uh organizing most foundations like there's private foundations they award they they give money Oh, they don't. Okay, okay, right, but okay. but they still they still have to file tax returns, which is interesting. Right. So, right. So, so this so really you're looking at registered charities and nonprofits when it comes to applying for grants. What you will notice is when you're looking at um, at grant applications, sometimes it'll say um, you must be a registered charity to apply, oh. which means you have to have that Government of Canada number. Mm-hmm. You cannot. You can't be a registered nonprofit with um, registry of joint stocks, which is you need to have that federal number. The reason I think a lot of people do that, a lot of organizations do that, it's accountability. Right. You have to see what it. Right. Right. Because as a registered charity, I mean, you have to file a tax return every year showing, you know, your your income, okay. what you, you know, how much you spent, mm. and those are all online. You can go online with the government of Canada. Type in charities listing, and you can look up any registered charity's ta- uh, tax return, hmm. and it'll break it down. It'll show how much they've spent, uh, how much they brought in, um, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You can also look up um, foundation, private foundation tax returns. So mm-hmm. let's say we had um, the Blackout Podcast Foundation was giving out money, and you have you filled out a tax return. I can go on charities listing, and I can look up your tax return and see who you, who you've been giving money to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good to know. That's good information. Okay. Um, So where, you know, as as someone, say, you have an organization, you're starting out, and you're like, oh, man, we have this great idea for a program. What are some resources to find grants and where to find? I mean, you can search, do a Google search. Um, You can talk to other organizations you can go to their websites. You can see who's funding. You know, similar organizations with maybe similar types of programs. You, maybe they might list their funders on their website. Mm. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Like, <laughs> you know, it's out there. Use mm. it. So sort of see who else is um, is funding them. There are research tools. They're usually subscription-based. Uh. So there's a cost. Um, there's like, you know, like, there's Grant Connect. There's Grant Advance. The, actually, the Halifax uh, Library, Halifax Public Library, in here obviously in Halifax, has um, a subscription to Grant Connect, 
So if you are a library user, you can use that for free. Oh. But you have to go to the branch. Oh, you can't do it. No. Oh, wow. you now during the pan when COVID was, you could use it at home. But now you have to go into the branch. Oh, well. But you know what? It's a good option mm. for for organizations that may not have the resources to invest in a research tool or um, want to try something out before they buy type mm -hmm. of thing. But really, mm -hmm. what a re what what you find in a research tool is you will find. Uh, let's say you're looking up. Let's go back to the Blackout Podcast Foundation. You'll see. Who's on their board? You'll see um, who they've given to in the past. You'll see what areas they focus on. You'll see their deadlines for applications. You'll see their average gift. Mm. So how much they're giving on average. So even though an organization says, okay, we fund up to $50,000, you may go into these research tools and you may see that their average gift is actually $10,000, oh. which is which is really handy information because if you're applying for someone you know where right, to go to. you're not going to ask for 50 right. if their average gift is 10 right. so a lot of people make the mistake when they're applying for a grant for the first time oh i can get fifty thousand dollars they just max out yeah i mean i tell people if you're applying to a new funder never applied to them before ask for half ask for 50 percent oh. right Be only because you're not going to get the chances are they don't they don't know you hmm. right they don't know now with that being said i mean people are there going oh my god I, I applied for full money before and i got it that's fine it does happen <laughs> i'm not saying it doesn't happen but really that's just survival she bias right because right? we don't know the, all the people that apply but never got it right i mean and, and so even though they're saying you can you have up to such and such amount now with that being said if you can if you have a budget and a program that can fully support the max amount mm. okay go for it. but what might happen is you may ask for fifty thousand, they may come back and give you like 10 mm. or 20 so you have to be prepared mm. um if you're asking for a certain level of money that you may not get the full amount. And you'll often see another grant question. If you're not awarded the full amount of money, can you still run the program? <laughs> uh, it's a real question. I just put my budget there. Doesn't it like... <laughs> That's what I mean. So, so, so what does that mean? Okay, we may not be able to have as many staff or we won't be able to serve as many people in the community. Mm, so what's right? the point? Right. And then the other question you're going to see after that is, okay, so what is the sustainability of this project? Mm. How are you going to fund this project moving forward? I don't, I mean, that, that's a very, <laughs> it's a very difficult question. Mm. Um, so yeah, again, back to some of these, but really, oh, yeah, they will ask you, if we don't give you the full amount, will you still be able to run the program? Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, but how do you answer that question? Right. I've often said, yeah, well, you know, we can still run the program, but we won't be, you know, um, there won't be as many community members that will be able to benefit from the program. We won't be able to have as many staff. Mm. I mean, that's reality. Mm -hmm. What are you going to say? No. I mean, you could say no, but then they may say, well, we're not going to give you any. I mean, it's it, it's, a, it's a game. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. a real game. You're moving pieces around. You're, you're moving pieces around. I mean... Obviously, you know, I think for you, you love that you can have these impacts doing what you do as a grant professional for these organizations. But I want to uh, let you go with this question, though. <clears throat> what, are, 
what would you tell an organization that they've applied a couple of times, some like a, a staff, um, a client of yours, they have not gotten this thing. How do they like keep going even though they keep saying no, 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 no? For every no, there's a yes around the corner. And I tell people, we never talked about really the success rates in the grant business. Mm. The average success rate for a grant is 30%. That's not good. It's not good. However, mm. that's why you have to keep applying and not get discouraged. Now, with that being said, if someone says to me, well, my, my success rate's 90%, <laughs> that to me says you apply but there's grants that I write for clients that we win all the time because I I know the grant, the client has received the grant a few times. It's kind of a shoe win, basically. Mm. If you say your success rate is like 90 or 100%, you're only applying for the same stuff right. over and over, right? I would rather an organization said to me, you know, our success rate's about 40, 50, 60%. That means you're, you're, you're you know, either... Most mostly you're applying for things that could be new. Mm. It could mean that maybe you're not applying for the right things. Um, so we, you know, we do all that kind of analysis too. But when I, when you tell people the average success rate is thirty percent, they do what? Mm. But as a grant professional, if I said to you, yes, my success rate is thirty, you wouldn't hire me. <laughs> but what I say right. is, it's not really on the percentage. Like how much money have I brought into organizations? Mm. Um, so, you know, you know, 1.5 million was brought into all these organizations, let's say last year. This 15% of that went to equity deserving organi organizations, right? So those th that success rate for me that 15% of the money that was raised is going into equity seeking organizations. I wanna make that number, that percentage way bigger. Mm. That's a start. So that's how I do success rate. I will never say to you, I mean, I can say my success rate this month is 50%. Mm -hmm. My success rate next month could be 80%. So what, that's one thing. When you ask a grant professional success rate, don't, if, if anyone says to you it's 90%, I would seriously, I'd be questioning that and seeing who they're actually applying and what type of grants they're applying. Mm -hmm. I apply for all kinds of stuff. Some stuff we just, we don't win. Uh, but then, you know, we may apply again. So mm -hmm. I always tell clients, we, we, we set the expectations. It's not a 100% guaranteed <clears throat> business, but you're putting yourself out there. You're actually applying for funding. And for every no, there is definitely a yes around the corner. Mm -hmm. It may take you four times to apply for that Canada Post grant, <laughs> but you might get it on try five. Right. Happened to me. Yeah. Right. So keep, keep on keeping on. Like keep, keep putting out those applications. Um, I'm always really happy to help folks you know navigate the process um i want i want more i want more people and more organizations to feel comfortable being able to apply for funding mm. and um let's change those numbers wow. let's break the barriers thank you so much vanessa oh, well, how can people contact you uh they can find me on linkedin under vanessa burns or they can visit vanessaburnsconsulting.ca or they can email me if you really want at vanessa at vanessaburnsconsulting.ca. That's it. Nice. Thank you so much for coming. I'm going to have you back because you have this whole other, have ice, other climbing, <laughs> ice climbing thing, which 
I, I can't even wrap, wrap my mind around, but thank you so much for coming oh, to the podcast. Oh, it's been a my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.